Welcome to Dire Trip, where we deep dive into all sorts of spooky, horrific, or just plain weird crimes, lawsuits, and strange happenings all over the world. Without further ado, let's get into today's story. Hey everybody, thanks for coming. So today we have a special episode, a 50,000 subscriber special, but I've taken so long to do this that it's a 60,000 sub special now, I guess. So first we're going to be going over some case updates, and after that I'm going to do a little bit of a Q&A. So if you don't really care to hear the Q&A, uh, feel free to duck out, that's fine. But uh, yeah, on with the case updates. So... Helping me rip video footage and view articles from all over the world is Atlas VPN. Having a VPN is almost an online requirement these days with all the walls out there. Right now, over 5 million people are using the service worldwide. Atlas VPN encrypts your data and hides your virtual location, meaning it hides your data and makes it appear that you're actually in a different location than you are. Atlas encrypts your data, but it's good for a lot of other things as well. For example, you can use it to see streaming catalogs from countries all over the world. Want to watch Friends on Netflix while you're in the US? Well, too bad, it's only available in the UK. But with Atlas, no problem. Just switch your location to the UK and you're free to watch Friends along with the rest of the UK catalog. Atlas VPN also offers a data breach monitor feature. So you'll get a notification telling you to change your password before anyone else can use it against you. Right now, Atlas is offering a huge discount on their three-year deal for just $139 per month. This even includes a 30-day money-back guarantee. The deal won't last long, so make sure you check it out by clicking the link in the description below. First, we have Zachary Latham. Zachary Latham has been a favorite on this channel for a while now. Back when nobody watched this channel, it was my only video to ever crack 10,000 views. I mean, people really hate this guy. For those who don't know, he trolled a family by recording them for TikTok, speeding past their home, acting like he was going to run over their kids, and more. Eventually, the family got into a huge argument with him, which ended with Zach running back to his home, only for the family to follow him. It ended up in a giant brawl that left many injured and the father of the family dead. Zach claimed self-defense and ran off to Florida. Shortly after, he was arrested again in Florida. Zach got into a road rage incident in which he confronted another driver with a fake gun sticking out of his pants. He then tried to ram the other driver's car with his. He was arrested, placed his $20,000 bond, and was set free once again on electronic monitoring this time. Zach had already violated the key three conditions of his release. He had continued to post about the case online, he has been arrested on a weapon charge, and he has been arrested for another violent crime. So he surrendered to authorities in Florida, was jailed, and was set to be extradited back to New Jersey. And that's where we left off. So now for the update. Zach was finally extradited and taken back to Cumberland County Jail in New Jersey in May, where he currently rocks these awesome face dreads. He'll be sitting in jail until at least September 7th when he returns to court for another hearing. I'll be here to tell you how that goes. I wish there was more to say, but I'm sure a lot of people will simply be satisfied with the fact that he's actually in jail. So next we have Cole Carini, the incel who blew his hands off. Yes, Cole Carini, the incel who blew his hands off while prepping his plan to blow up a bunch of quote, hot cheerleaders. If you haven't seen the old video, yeah, this is for real. Now the last time we talked about Cole, it was after he had pled guilty to his charges back in January. 
At that time, they said that his sentencing would be on April the 13th. Unfortunately, the internet has gone completely, totally dark on this guy. I cannot find a thing. I've searched high and low on every avenue I can find and there is just no information about it whatsoever. He was facing 10 years in prison and a $200,000 fine, so I guess we have a ballpark figure of what he may have been sentenced to, but I just can't provide any solid updates on this. My theory is that, like a lot of other court cases, it just got pushed back due to pandemic issues. This case has really interested me personally, so I'm definitely going to keep up on it for sure. If it's any consolation, I at least think we haven't seen this mugshot before, so uh, that's something new, I guess. So now we have Brittany and Armando Baron, who were featured in one of my uh, grislier crimes. More, more violent. It involves him forcing her to you know, cut someone's head off and a lot of other things. Uh, yeah, let's look into it. So Armando and Brittany Barron were a killer couple who together killed Brittany's lover, Jonathan Amaralt. To put the case very simply, Armando claimed that he would forgive Brittany if she went through with the plan and then hid his body. In a pretty disturbing way. You should watch the video, it's a wild ride, and you know, that one got demonetized, and I kind of hope this one won't, so. Well, they were both arrested. Armando won't be getting his day in court for quite a while, either until spring or summer of 2022. Brittany, however, was aiming for an earlier court date when we last heard. She wants to get out to take care of her kids. However, prosecutors aren't really comfortable with that since she's been shown to do absolutely anything her killer husband says. And that's pretty much where we left off last time. The update, both have remained in jail. Brittany is trying to get out on electronic monitoring now, but prosecutors with the New Hampshire Attorney General's office have introduced new information. Apparently, Brittany was very capable of using a gun. She knew how to fire and operate a firearm. Even the gun that Armando had given her, specifically. The gun that she could have used at any time to defend both herself and Jonathan throughout the entire incident. And you know, this might not change much for some, but part of the argument was that people thought maybe she didn't know how to use a gun, maybe she was scared of it, maybe it was intimidating, but this kind of crushes that point and is going to make it even harder for her to get released. Her lawyer argues that none of that really matters. She was too afraid of her husband to do anything, even when she was armed and he wasn't. In a few months, she's set to get a plea offer from the state, and uh, I'll keep you updated on that. Armando, however, is still rotting away in jail with no bond, and his court dates are not set. Now here we are back with Mark Latunsky, the grinder people-eater. So, Mark Latunsky, the guy who met a man off grinder, offed him, and then ate his uh, family jewels. He was arrested, went on a bunch of nonsensical rants, and ended up refusing to eat in prison until he passed out, and that's where we last left off. I mean, if you want, you can check out that video. It was my very first video ever, and uh, I still get comments on that video saying, you seem uncomfortable in front of a camera, or this is awkward, and yeah, I was, and it is, so I don't know, enjoy it if you want. 
I thought about remaking that video, honestly, and not just because it's awkward or that it sucks, but because I found new information that uh, not only provides updates to the case, but fits into the middle of the case as well, adding a little bit of depth. So, uh, I don't know. Let me know what you think about that. Anyway, the update. Mark Latunsky has hired one of the top criminal defense firms in Michigan, according to court filings. He was previously only using a public defender. A pretty fancy lawyer named Mary Chariter will be the lead lawyer in his defense from this point on. We intend to vigorously protect Mr. Latunsky's rights as his prior counsel did, said Chartier. Apparently Latunsky's family has hired this firm for an unrelated matter and feels quite comfortable with them. His trial is on hold, but it might pick up this month in July, actually. Given that Latunsky was found competent and has confessed, uh, we'll see how well that goes for him. So next in line for updates is Rika Nagao, the woman who was uh, all too close with a 12-year-old boy and some others. Sorry YouTube, I won't say those words, I don't want to get in trouble again. As for the update, well, she's still in jail. She's currently undergoing mental health treatment for her desires. But since she's been in jail, she's been receiving both a lot of support and a lot of condemnation online. People are still arguing about her case, whether it was criminal or, I you not, true love. One big thing as rumors have also been flying around that she was working as a sugar baby for men about twice her age during the duration of her crimes. Some people had been wondering where she was even getting her money, so that might be an answer to that question. However, the other side has argued that she was working for her father's business, but uh, who knows, it could have been both. I mean, it's, uh, it's a lot of speculation right now. Her victim has since gone on to middle school and seems to be doing a lot better now. It doesn't appear that he wants to meet with Rika again. So that concludes the case updates portion of this video. Uh, if you're not interested in the Q&A, that's cool, I get it, so uh, feel free to drop out and I'll see you in the next video. But for those who are interested, I've collected a lot of questions uh, from YouTube, from Patreon, and then uh, some questions that I just get a lot in the comments. I've just compiled some of those to go ahead and answer those as well. So let's start looking at questions. I'm here. So the first question is, why don't you introduce yourself more? Uh, why don't you introduce yourself at the beginning of videos? Stuff like that. I, I get that a lot, actually. Okay, so my name is Kyle, and I make videos. But uh, the real answer is that I just, uh, I feel like I'm only there to narrate it. I don't really feel like the video is about me. I feel like people are there to hear the story, and... Uh, Honestly, most of the time people don't really seem to care too much about the host, so, uh, I don't know, I just didn't feel it was necessary to really get involved, but, uh, if people are that interested in my name, uh, now you have it. The second question that I get a lot in comments is, uh, why don't you condemn the criminals more? Or why don't you use stronger language to convey the crimes that they've done and... The simple answer is YouTube censorship, trying my best to get monetized and not get in trouble. 
But when it comes to condemning the criminals more, I, I just feel like it's kind of redundant. You know, if there's somebody uh, out there killing people, assaulting people, I, j I just feel like it's a given that they're bad. I, I don't feel like I really need to elaborate on the fact of how evil they are because we know that's, that's why we're here. I just, I don't know. I'm not saying it's a stupid question. I'm just saying I, I just never felt it was necessary. The next question I get is kind of related and it's uh, why don't you put your opinion more into the videos and uh, along the same line of thought I just don't feel like it's relevant. Uh, I try to keep the videos as neutral as I can. I try to just convey the information like this happened, then this happened, then this happened and uh, I don't know. I, I just don't feel like my opinion is relevant to the story. I've thought about kind of maybe including my opinion at the end of videos, but I... Does anybody really care? I mean, I, I barely care, so... Uh, the next question I get a lot is whether I speak Japanese, and uh... Yeah. I, yeah, that's kind of a short answer. Oh, the other one is do you live in Japan? And the answer to that is I was, but I'm kind of corona stranded right now so whenever they start letting foreigners back in i will be back uh, the next question is uh is there anything you regret uploading uh yeah that well not maybe not uploading entirely but there are things i regret uh saying or doing in videos uh so for one would be i had a case on a guy named alan ruby and during that video i kind of experimented with a little more comedy a little more sarcasm and uh, I didn't like the way it came out so I took it off and uh, that, that was pretty early on though before anyone was really watching my videos. It probably only had a couple of thousand views altogether and I have been asked where that video went specifically and uh, that's it. I mean the answer is basically I hated it and didn't want it there anymore. <laughs> uh, so there were some other things where I got some certain facts wrong or didn't convey them in a good way. Uh, on the Twitter killer video, uh, what did I say? Oh, it was uh, the reasoning for the male victim of his. I went with the original theory floating around that he had killed a male victim in order to kind of diversify, I guess you would say, so that it wouldn't be too apparent that he was only killing females. Uh, later on, information came out that he was possibly dating the first victim but then other people said they weren't dating, they were just friends, and uh, the sources were muddy. Uh, the sources were things like, according to sources, without actually listing the source, you know? I just didn't feel it was solid enough, so I just went with the first theory, but I feel like I should have explained that a little better, thrown the other theory in there just for the sake of completion, but, you know. Uh, there was also the... Hana Kimura video, the, the female wrestler from Japan. I fucked up a price, uh, a, a currency conversion in that video. I, I don't know why. I think I just, like Ron Burgundy, it was written in the script that way and I just read it without thinking and uh, immediately regretted it upon uploading it. But uh, it's my video that has done the most well ever. And to be totally honest, I it was really getting traction and I didn't want to delete it to change a number. So uh, maybe that's selfish of me, but uh, 
it is a thing I regret including in a video. And uh, there was also in the Jordan Sims video, the new video, there was that whole uh, they wanted a car to go faster thing. I should have elaborated on that more because the way I put it, it sounds like, yeah, using another car over the one that's broke would get you there faster. I mean, no kidding. But uh, what it really seemed to mean was they picked that car specifically out of a selection of cars because that one would get them there faster. And uh, yeah, it's not really a factual mistake. It just kind of made me sound like an idiot. So yeah, just a couple of things I regret uploading, but not, not, not too much, honestly. Uh, so the next question is what made you want to post your first video here on YouTube? Uh, I was really bored and I admired a lot of other YouTubers, so I thought I'd try it. It's, it's really not that deep of an answer, I'm sorry, but yeah. It also asked, how long have you been into cold cases or bizarre crimes? Uh, I don't remember a time when I wasn't, honestly. I remember being in elementary school and googling crimes that I've heard about and getting all freaked out and being unable to sleep and yeah, it's been, it's been a long term thing. Uh, next question is, what was the most disturbing and unsettling case or crime you've ever come across? I think that would be hands down the Junko Furuda case. I've wanted to cover that case, but I've strayed away for a couple of reasons. One being that it's done to death. It's, it's everywhere now. And two would be that I would want to cover it extensively. Like every little detail of what was done to her. Because uh, not a lot of videos will do that because it would probably get taken down. I mean, the range of stuff that was done to her is just beyond comprehension. I mean, yeah. So that, yeah, long story short, that's the most disturbing one. Uh, the next is a question I get a lot, actually, is how do you stumble upon the cases you discuss in your videos? Uh, there's not really any one source. Some of them are crimes that I've heard about already, and I'm, when I think about it, I'm like, oh, that would be an interesting one, and I make a note. Uh, some are just links that my friends have shown to me, some of them are requests, some of them uh, I just read in the news, honestly. it's I, I get that people want to know why, because they're like, wherever you're getting these from, I want to read it, but there's there's really just no easy answer. I get them from all over, the, all over the place. I also get asked, do you have a stutter? And I think I just answered that question. Uh, the next question was, is there someone you chose not to do a video on because they are too well known? And have you thought of covering older crimes? So the two well-known people, like I said, Junko Furuda would be one, and uh, I think Elliot Rogers, fascinating, that would be another one. And uh, older crimes, yeah, I actually have covered some older crimes, like uh, a couple of my earlier videos were pretty old, like the Miyazaki case, that's, that's a pretty old one now. And uh, usually it just comes down to whether I feel I have any more to add to it when it comes to older cases, because a lot of older ones have been done, and uh, sometimes my fans get kind of mad when I cover a case that's not fresh, you know? So I, I mean, I try to keep people happy, so. Okay, so another one here, and uh, it's a question I get quite a bit, is what kind of research do you do to try to find the most amount of information you can on the cases you cover? That's another one where there's no straightforward answer. Usually I will get every article that I possibly can, uh, put them down in chronological order. 
uh, and just take every single fact from every article, put it in order, uh, make an outline out of that. And uh, I mean, there's times where you can find video sources. There's times where I can find court papers. It's really, I mean, I just dig and I take every fact from everything I find, unless it's outlandish and stupid and likely not true. And uh, a lot of earlier facts will be corrected in later articles. So you do have to be careful about the facts you take. And I try not to take anything that's too dubious, but I'm not flawless at making these. So it, it might happen, but yeah, that's a long rambling answer to that question. Um, <laughs> the next one is, do you think someone would actually base a murder off of the Among Us game? This is a legitimate question, lol. Um, I mean, they might. People have killed each other over other games, which I've done. I've done videos on people who've killed each other over video games, and, uh, it kind of reminds me of the two girls who killed someone for Slenderman. I mean, if you can kill someone for that meme, you can kill someone for another meme, so, I mean, I guess, maybe. <laughs> So next is, uh, is there a video or topic that you want to do that you aren't sure will go over well? What is it and why? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of things I want to cover that wouldn't go over well for one reason or another. So the case I've had the most fascination with ever is hands down Columbine. And that just, it doesn't go over well on YouTube. I mean, I've seen people getting banned for it or demonetized, like like channel-wide completely demonetized. And uh, it's just too, uh, what do you call it? I guess you would call it controversial, I don't know. But there are some others that wouldn't go over well just because they've been done. Like, I feel like I have a couple things they add to it, but probably not enough to constitute a whole video and uh, yeah, mainly Columbine comes to mind, but Elliot Roger also does. I get requested to do him a lot, but it's just, it's been done to death. So mainly, uh, I also try to avoid things that are super politically charged. I've gotten into race-based issues in a couple of videos, and even then I feel like I'm walking a thin line of uh, outrage. So when it comes down to it, it's things YouTube would hate, things that have been done too much, and uh, things that are too controversial when it comes to political, racial views. Yeah, there's your long rambling answer to that. Next is, are there any cases you've researched that you won't make a video about due to it being too much for you? Uh, I, I assume this means too much as in overwhelming, not, not really. I haven't found a case like that. Uh, there were some cases that were harder to do, of course, just because they were heavier, but I've never been like uh, so overwhelmed that I just don't want to do it. Uh, next question is, do you like cats? Yeah, I like, I like cats. Next question is, do you have pets? Uh, not right now. I'm not allowed to have pets in this building, so yeah. And next is, what do you do after a particularly horrific case to avoid being in a funk? Play wholesome video games and uh, binge watch shows on Netflix, I guess. But then a lot of the shows I binge end up being horror or violent or 
something ever, but I think when it's fiction, it's still kind of, uh, it can still kind of get you out of that mood. Because, yeah, some of these cases will put you in a, uh, I wouldn't say full-on depressed, but you feel kind of shitty for the rest of the day, so. Uh, next question is, what do you do, such as school or work, and what are your passions? Uh, I work in teaching and translating, mainly and with some graphic design on the side, and my passion would be art, drawing, things like that. Uh, I used to draw a webcomic that was pretty long-running, and I'm thinking about starting another one, so... Yeah, might do that. Uh, next is, which serial killer fascinates you the most? Uh, like I said before, I don't know if it counts as a serial killer, but Columbine? I mean, they, they got multiple people, so I... Definitionally, uh, I don't know if you would call it that, but yeah. Uh, next is, do you watch horror movies? Yeah, I do. I, I can't think of any that I've watched recently. Oh, I saw the new Saw movie with Chris Rock. I, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I'll probably get flamed for that, but yeah. Uh, the next one is, who are your true crime host influences? Oh, there's a lot. Like, mainly I would say Scare Theater... Rainbot, uh, Criminally Listed was another one that I listened to a lot, a, uh, let's see, yeah, I mean, that chapter was up there, of course, I mean, yeah, you can see that I was inspired, uh, there's just so many more, I mean, I can't even think of all of them at the moment, I'm subbed to so many, there are some that aren't really around as much anymore, like Rob Dyke, I, th I think he goes by Rob Gavigan now, uh, he got Adpocalypse really bad, so I, I don't blame him, and, uh, man, I know there's some others, I just can't think of them at the moment, but there, there's a lot. I used to binge this stuff like crazy. Uh, the next one says, I know you talked about it a little in your Yuka Takaoka video about the toxic fanboys. What are some other problematic ethics you have with the true crime genre? Uh, I, I guess you're talking about, like, uh, little clicks and stuff like that, like, uh, what do you call it? I think, uh, I don't remember, there's a word for it, but true crime, like, fanboys, fangirls who fanboy about the killers themselves and admire the killers and draw fan art of them and talk about how they're soulmates and stuff like that. That's, that's the thing that comes to mind when I think of a problematic ethics with the true crime genre. A lot of other channels will kind of over-sensationalize a case and kind of not respect the victim and treat them more as like a spectacle than a person that was real and existed and I feel like that's kind of messed up. The next is where did you learn how to edit videos? Uh, I think when the pandemic first started it was something like, uh, how, how do I forget? It's advertised in like every video. Skillshare was offering free courses on that stuff and I, I took some of them but Originally, I made a lot of cartoons in Flash, and the, the timeline system of editing is so similar that it's pretty easy to transition over. Uh, next is a good one. What made you pick true crime content? I say that's a good one because I was pretty torn on what kind of videos I was going to make. I was leaning towards comedy at one point, but uh, I, I just didn't have enough ideas, really. I thought about talking about lost media, but... There are some YouTubers who are already doing it, like, extremely well and covering everything that I wanted to cover anyway. But Lost Media fascinates me to the point where I was thinking of even making a channel, uh, a second channel, where I just talk about that. But uh, 
I just don't know if there would be that much interest and uh, yeah. But true crime, I specifically, I just knew a lot about a lot of crimes just because I've deep dived so much as a hobby by this point that uh, there were a lot of cases that I already knew a lot of info on. So it was kind of a good running start, I guess you would say. Uh, next is what do you do when you ain't doing YouTube? Uh, working, video games, drawing. You can look at my Instagram. I usually post that in the description if you want to see the drawings. Uh, sometimes writing, sometimes sleeping. That's uh, my boring ass life in a nutshell. <laughs> so the next two questions are related. Uh, on one side, they ask me, are you race baiting? And on the other side, people say, why are you not taking race seriously enough? And I feel like this is a this is a stance that you just can't win on. I mean, if you lean towards one side, you make the other side angry. So I try to avoid discussing race specifically as much as I can. And if a case seems like it might be race-related, I will point out that that's a strong maybe and that it's not specifically decided on. A case that comes to mind was the Shane Nguyen case where Twitter had decided that it was definitely a hate crime, but the police were saying it wasn't. So I just kind of tried to take a stance in the middle and point out that we don't know if it's race-related. It was the same thing in the recent uh, Florida Man case where it was possibly race-related, but there just wasn't any way to prove it. So I kind of tried to specifically say that we have no way of proving this. Uh, long story short, I try to take a middle ground approach and be pretty fact-based, information-based, and not get too opinionated about it. But like I said, you can't please anyone when it comes to race-related issues. So, uh, before I get into the Patreon questions, which I'm, you know, giving priority towards and answering all of them specifically because, yeah, it's, it's Patreon. It's supposed to. Before that, I'll go into the, yeah, the, the questions I get in comments that aren't the best. So, first is, why don't you get a haircut or, you know, anything related to my hair? Uh, I have a huge forehead. I've been told by everybody I look better with bangs, so uh, that's it. That's pretty much <laughs> the reason, uh, yeah. In earlier videos, my hair was way shaggier, but that was mainly due to, like, months of not getting haircuts during pandemic, so that wasn't a stylistic choice, more of a this-is-what-it-is <laughs> sort of choice. Uh, people were like, you look like you jumped out of 2006, or Ebo's dead, or you look like an anime fanboy, when honestly I was just like trying to get my hair out of my face. The hair is what it is. Another one was, why don't you smile more? Uh, I don't like to, and uh, I feel it's not really appropriate in a lot of videos, so yeah. So I get also a lot of voice-related questions, and I knew, you know, having the voice I have that getting into YouTube, yeah, I was gonna get shit for it, but uh, some of them are nice, like this one says, this isn't a jab at you, but why do you speak in a monotone voice? That's just me trying to keep a neutral tone within a lot of crime videos. Like I've said, I don't want to offend anybody, and I want to respect 
the victims. So I think having sort of a, a jolly tone would kind of, I don't know, it just seems kind of insulting. And then having a kind of annoyed tone just makes me sound too opinionated. So I kind of just try to stay neutral. That That's the answer to that one. Uh, so others are, so I get a good range of comments on the voice. I've got people saying it's soothing or nice sounding on one hand and on the other side it's like you sound gay you sound like a middle-aged woman was one i got another one told me i sound like a i smoke too much which i don't, I don't get i would have a deeper voice if that was the case I, i've had people ask if i was a, if i was trans uh no long answer short is this is just what my voice sounds like there's no deep backstory or anything it's <laughs> i just sound like that so now moving on to the patreon questions first i have from ada which was which crime story disturbed you the most uh, unfortunately i answered that in an earlier clip but yeah junko furuda would probably be number one uh cromwell street was definitely another one but that's another one that's kind of been done to death so i didn't really cover it I'd say those two really got me the most, being when it comes to being disturbed, at least. Uh, next is from JG, who asked, would you ever do follow-ups on some cases that haven't been finished yet? Uh, yes, you, you saw the beginning of this video, so yeah. Uh, I've also done it once before. The problem is that a lot of these ongoing cases have been put off due to the pandemic, and uh, the legal system just takes a long time anyway so updates are few and far between unfortunately he also asked do you plan on staying totally true crime or would you ever venture into other stuff well uh. i have done some other stuff like uh there was the performance artist in russia there was the exploding fart thing uh every once in a while i go away from true crime but mostly i just i just want to make what people enjoy but eventually, yeah, I would like to go into some other kind of things that are scary, but not really crimes. I guess that's pretty vague, but, you know, maybe mysterious Reddit posts or things like that. I don't know. I've thought about it. I've thought about it. I've thought about it a lot, actually. It's just, uh, I've never come to a conclusion on it. So I'm going to say probably. Uh, so next, Angelin F asks, what do you think got you into these sort of topics? Where and when did it start? Uh, I say it started as a little kid with Unsolved Mysteries, that show. Yeah, that, that was probably what got me into it originally the most. There was also this website called, I think it's called Shadowlands. I think it's still up actually. It's like an early 90s website where they would list uh, haunted locations and then they would talk about the crimes that occurred with those locations that got them haunted in the first place. And I was super into that website. It's, it's deep. You can read for hours and hours and hours on that site. And uh, yeah, a combination of those two things is probably what did it originally. Uh, she also asked, what case really inspired you to make YouTube videos? Uh, it wasn't one case in general, but I thought that speaking Japanese and kind of having access to uh, that side of the internet would help me cover a lot of Japanese cases more. But uh, I didn't want to only cover Japanese cases, so... I would say it was it was the Japanese thing that originally got the ball rolling, is what I would say. Her next question was, do you have any influences or inspirations in the community? Uh, one of my biggest inspirations was uh, 
seeing that chapter come from like a thousand views when I first saw him to God, like a million something today. His growth was phenomenal and he deserved all of it. Like his videos were top notch. There are other people who have just updated consistently for years, like Rainbot is one. And a lot of people out there might remember Kaylee Elise. She was, she's off YouTube now and she deleted her account, but she was super passionate about what she did and she was extremely respectful. And I think what inspired me the most from her was that she would take missing persons cases and knowing that they would probably get very little views, she made these detailed, full fleshed out videos on them anyway, hoping to get the word out there. And I always just thought that was extremely admirable. And that leads into the next question, which is what do you aspire for in the future? Uh, YouTube-wise, I would kind of like to start doing that too. I want to start making some uh, missing person videos to get information out there because I feel like now that I have a viewer base, I I could actually maybe do something that would help some people out. And that's probably my main goal is to not be useless and start helping people somehow. Outside of YouTube, uh, I don't know. I don't really have a lot of huge goals. I want to be comfortable and content. I'm, I, I'm low maintenance. Uh, the next question is from Christy Knapp, who says, Do you plan on doing some Patreon-only videos? Would you consider maybe covering cases that aren't allowed on YouTube? The answer to that is yeah. I've thought about it a lot, actually, but I've kind of... Every time I get into a video that I think would never go well on YouTube, uh, it just kind of does and YouTube accepts it for some reason. And I've always thought that, you know, that first video I get that YouTube just totally turns down, will just go straight to Patreon, but it hasn't happened. So I think it'll come down to me, yeah, making specifically Patreon-only videos. And I have a couple of ideas, things like, uh, like Junko Furuta that I mentioned before. I, I think I could probably put that video on like Vimeo or something and then put it on Patreon, but yeah. Anything like that, like a deep dive with full-on gory details, would probably have to be Patreon. So, yeah, be on the lookout for those. That's a thing. And uh, lastly from Patreon comes Sheila, who says, What works, music, art, literature, movies, were an early influence on your interest in the darker subjects of life? I answered that a little bit with Unsolved Mysteries, Shadowlands, uh... I think shortly after getting into those two, I just got into horror movies in general. Uh, I remember being super creeped out by, I think it was just called World's Most Haunted Places. Uh, it was on during Halloween a lot when I was a kid. And uh, one of the biggest things to me was the catacombs in Paris. Uh, you can find that video floating around now. There was a guy who went into the catacombs, got spooked, dropped his camera and just fled. And the guy's never been identified. He's probably dead, but... Uh, we don't really know. Uh, there are people who have been confirmed to have gotten lost and dead and died in the catacombs. And uh, yeah, Unsolved Mysteries, World's Most Haunted, Shadowlands. And then from then on, uh, like forensic files at any crime show I could find. Yeah, you would think with, with most of those that I would be into paranormal stuff, but I'm, I'm really not. I'm really not. I think I kind of grew out of it. And now I'm focused on, like, uh, reality is scarier than fiction. Like, hands down, once you get, once you really get into this stuff. Okay, and then lastly, Fox 
Fox Akimbo, friend YouTuber, you should look him up. I've saved your question for last, which is, why are you a sussy baka? Because uh, I do suspicious things and I'm dumb. Alright, so that basically concludes my first Q&A. Uh, I hope you got what you wanted to know about it. I hope you got what you wanted to know out of it. Super glad to have you guys around. I mean, 50k, I can't believe it, let alone 60k. Uh, I hope you'll continue to stay here, and I hope you'll stay interested in my videos. I hope I'll keep making interesting videos, and uh, yeah, just thanks for being around. I don't really know what to say. The growth is just... I, I never thought I'd hit 10k subs, let alone five, six times that. I, I kind of thought I would just make content for a while, get bored, and then bomb and then just stop making videos but no it's become a big part of my life now and i i enjoy it and i enjoy the comments i mean a lot of the time <laughs> and i i enjoy having people around that enjoy just care about what i have to say so thank you once again this has been your host kyle thank you very much for listening to today's podcast episode Feel free to look through my huge library of other stories if you found this one interesting, and be sure to be there for the next stories that come out each and every week. Have a good night.